Hello and welcome to the Go Play That podcast. It is episode 82. My name's Rob Cook. I'm joined by Stu Oswald. Hello. And I'm joined by Bob Morate. Hey, good evening, guys. How are you on this fine evening? Hey. Both of you. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine. Thank you very much. Very, very nice evening. Well, it's been a while since we've had this set up, hasn't it? Uh, and right. this is your first times in this new bi-weekly setup that we've got going. Um, and we've got plenty to talk about as a result of not having spoken for a long ass time. Uh, <laughs> and the main thing that's been hitting our group this last week is player unknowns battlegrounds, uh, which is the number one seller on steam or has been for a few weeks now. Um, I'll explain a bit about the game and then we'll talk about it as a group. So it's a online game. It is battle Royale ostensibly you like you're dropped onto an island and uh last man standing wins the ra- uh wins the match and um it's an online shooter and you can play you versus the world you can play with a co-op partner or you can play with like three or four other uh two or three other people sorry uh in in a squad and the premise is that you are uh flown in a plane with every other person in in the session uh, over this island and you have to choose when to jump out and then you start with no weapons, you start with no armor or equipment and you've got to go and get what you can on the ground, going into houses, finding stuff, uh, loading up weapons, uh, putting on helmets and, and ballistic like armor and stuff and then shoot other people before they shoot you, which is harder than it sounds. Uh, or just as hard as it sounds, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then the, ma- the the way that it keeps you, it keeps the match going, because you could think, well, I'm just going to hole up in this house and uh, wait for someone to find me. Uh, the way that it keeps the match going is that the level, uh, there's like a safe zone on the map. So after about 30 seconds of everyone landing, it will say, okay, everyone within the next five minutes needs to be in this zone on the island. And... If you're not in this zone in five minutes, then this big blue wall of electricity is going to come from the outside of the zone towards the sort of perimeter. And if you're outside of that wall, you'll start taking damage. So you kind of need to be mm-hmm. aware of the of where you are and where the safe zone is and where your teammates are, but also conscious of the fact that there could be up to 98 other people in the server that want to kill you just as much as you want to kill them. Um, and it's awesome. We've been playing it as a, as a group for a few days. Uh, I think since last weekend was when we, we started playing it, Stu. Yeah. So Uh, so we've been playing it quite a lot together. Um, I have so far been borrowing Hush's copy because he was the first one in the group to buy it. I don't quite understand what led him to like, has anyone had this conversation with him to find out what drew him to it, led him to like buying the game without even Letting us know he was buying it. He never really said. I think. I think he he just likes to try and impress us every now and then. <laughs> well, he did this time, huh? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Although I've played his copy of the game about eight times as much as he's played it, and Elaz as well. Um, 
And yeah, then we started playing together, Stu, and then we actually had some other people from work play with us. And four player is where it's at because on your own, you're, um, it's, it's all on you. So you're sort of stealthing around, working out what you want to do with yourself and either staying very quiet or just exploring the, the island. Uh, whereas with a partner or with a squad, it's all about communicating where you're at, what you're doing, um, moving as a group, even, even landing together is, is a feat in itself, like trying to figure out who's going to decide where you're going to drop out of the plane and then actually parachuting down to the same area. Um, and the way that it sort of keeps it fresh is that although the island is the same, the trage- uh, trajectory of the plane over the island is randomized. So it could be coming from any uh, angle across the, the, the island. Uh, you can choose, obviously, when to jump out. So you could never see the same place twice over, like, 50 matches. And all of the equipment in the houses is completely randomized. So you could get good luck going into a place. There's a shotgun there. There's an assault rifle there with a four-time scope or whatever. Um, or you could, you know, have little more than a frying pan to... To, to claim um and then there's penny op though from what i hear they've just so they just released an update and that now deflects bullets so if you've got it on your back <laughs> you it could save you know it could be a lucky save um and then there's like vehicles there's there's boats and and uh jeeps and uh dacias and buggies that you can drive around in uh as a as a group and they just added mo- motorbikes as well. Oh yeah, the they did. Yeah, yeah. Have, haven't nice. seen them yet, but they're there. Um, so I think one one last thing to to mention from what happens in the game is that there are these supply drops as well. Like uh, once in a while, a plane will drop will fly over, and you'll look up and you'll see where it's headed, and then you'll see this like uh, parachuting package dropping down to the ground, and it, that contains super powerful equipment like sniper rifles with eight times scopes and better armor. Um, like military gear, um, but of course, other somebody else is likely to have the same idea about going out for it. So it's kind of a risky maneuver. And we've been learning uh, how to play the game, and l- like every single time we play, we learn something new. Like, oh, don't shoot Stu in the back. That's a that's a good idea not to <laughs> shoot him in the back. That was the last match we just played uh, just now. Um, but we've played. A lot of different sessions. You've you've ended up playing some of the solo yet, Stu? Uh, I've just had two sessions actually. Um, one not very successful, and the second one fairly good. I mean, I, I think I was doing good. Um, I ended up about like twenty third, which isn't great, but mm. it's because I, you know, I was chose to go upstairs and met my doom when I probably could have just hunkered down a bit more. Yeah. So. So regardless, regardless of the mode that you play, whether you yeah. play solo or in duos or in squads of four, mm. is it always 100 players in the game? It will always attempt to put up to, uh, I think it's up to 99. Um, I've, I've seen 100. You've seen 100. Oh, okay. It's 100. Then. Yeah, yeah. So it, nice. it's usually 99 for some reason. Yeah. Well, it's, it's between, I've never seen a match that started with less than 95 people. It's so, it's such a popular game right now that it's never struggling to put people together. Like you match, yeah. you, like you search for a match and near instantly you're thrown in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it has a huge audience as well. I mean, if it's actually starting to pull out from the audience from H1C1 and DayZ and all these games. Yeah, so... Survival, so Battle Royale thing. The guy, um, Player Unknowns, his, his alias, this is his game, but he did the mod of this mode for 
um, was it Armor originally? Armor 3. Yeah, I think um, it was Armor. And then... He, he did it for H1, yeah, Z1 yeah, as well. Yeah, the King of the Kill well, he, mode for... H1, Z1. Yeah, please. Which, which has which has a TV show on the, on the CW now. What? But it, I think it's like an esports TV show with people playing it. Like, I don't think it's like a, a dramatization. Okay, weird. Yeah, should check it out. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we're not great at the game. We've not yet come first as a squad or as individuals. Um, the game pairs you, like it puts you with other groups or uh, other squads. Like if you're playing in a session on your own, that session is full of other people that are playing on their own. So it, it's never putting you with a squad against a squad um, on your own. But if you, you can match make on your own into a squad match and it will, it will find you a squad to play with, uh, which I, I guess is not advice. It seems pretty pointless. I mean, we, we had, we were joining as a trio and we had a random f- guy join in with us and he just jumped out of the plane and went completely solo yeah. and we never saw him again yeah. until he died. Okay. So it seems a bit weird that people would search for squad Missed the point. matches on their yeah. own. So the, there is voice chat. The game has its own voice chat and it's proximity based, I guess, except for in a squad. If you're in a squad, it's probably putting you together. But the proximity stuff is also interesting because you can hear people talking uh, either to a friend or to themselves or within their squad uh, going up to a nearby house. I, I had turned the voice of the, of the session off because it's just people shouting, swearing and throwing abuse when there's like a hundred people <laughs> in the plane. You can just hear up to 99 people just saying the worst things ever. Um, but it actually has a practical use when you're down on the ground because you might hear them talking uh, or they might even hear you talking whilst you're in a house, like hold up. Um, and yeah, I, d- I don't know. I-, I have no good tips for how to play this game, but we're learning each each time, as I said, like uh, we had had a pretty successful one just now where we came fifth as a, as a pair um, by basically not stopping until we'd found enough gear and we got pretty lucky, I guess. We actually ended up in the last house this is not the first time it's happened. We've ended up in the last house in the zone, like the final zone. It comes down to like a, just a field and we were the owners of the only building in the final zone and got down to the last six players. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we're really lucky in that one. I mean, we were always in the zone, you know, yeah. just by chance. Yeah. And we we had like a nice kind of train spread of built up areas that we could just move to without having to cross too much open land mm. um, and actually lots of good loot and weapons and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a very good session and it's kind of unfortunate that we, we blew it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> but the um, what happens if, if you kill someone, it drops a crate where they stood and it has all of their gear. So killing the first guy you find, they're probably going to have something that you don't have and you'll end up stacked up with additional bandages and energy drinks and uh med kits like the energy drinks give you health back um for god knows what reason but then the bandages heal if you've taken damage uh, and stop bleeding like there's a bleeding effect after a certain point i think um so the game's in early access they stated on steam that they're only going to stay in early access for six months let's wait and see i guess um okay but they're already showing that they're updating the game and they're sticking to their word. Like a big update just came out this week. It was a five gig patch that uh, stabilizes the game, makes it a bit 
better optimized, but also added the bikes that Stu mentioned, plus like this new SMG weapon. Um, it added the ability, which should have been there in the first place, to see your teammates' markers on the map. Because you can like drop a little waypoint on the map and it will show on the compass at the top of the screen to show, like Stu was using it in the last match to basically show me where we should be going. Whereas before, he'd only, he'd be the only one seeing his marker. So we just have to trust that we could follow him. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a game changer, really. Such simple, small thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And we, now we can use it to like mark which building we should suggest. And I, I might suggest a different one and it will come up in a different color. It's really cool. So, um, what's stopping you from buying this game, Bob? <laughs> Mainly, to be honest, is money. Cause I mean, even, sure. even for an early access game, it's still priced at 30 euros. So it's yes. kind of like a, a bit of a gamble for me to take. And, and it's also in general, not my kind of game. I mean, that's mm. the thing. All right. I see you guys playing it and I have lots of fun seeing you guys playing it. I understand why it's so great, but I think mm. this game would stress me out so much. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. But that's reason. part of the fun. Yeah. I mean, that's part yeah, of the yeah. fun. So the thing is, I had exactly the same reason with Rainbow Six Siege. And when mm. I played it with you guys and I started getting into it and I really, really like it now. But yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that Battlegrounds may be pretty much the same scenario or maybe the same case but by the time i get it probably nobody else will be playing it anymore so that's kind of maybe what will happen like i'm yeah. not going to guarantee i'm going to be playing this after two months but mm. i'm getting a, a, a similar feeling of like i'm really enjoying this game um and playing with a large group like we've got a larger group than we even had with with overwatch for uh, like some of the regulars that played with us back last year with overwatch are, are here again plus a larger group um so there's probably going to be people there and i'm certainly going to enjoy at least the next three weeks of us playing or whatever it ends up being like the the honeymoon period but yeah, yeah i'd be skeptical too in terms of the game actually getting finished they've already announced that they are making a console version like they're bringing it over to ps4 and i guess x1 um so they are sort of beholden to finishing the game getting it into a state that you could call it complete so that sixth month window seems likely to to be fulfilled like in five months time the game will be done ostensibly and they someone mentioned that they're working on a second map for the game and i don't know what else but right now as is it's great like i'm really enjoying it uh i'm getting a bit better at it um feeling a sense of like improvement and it's the kind of game that I wish existed back when I had more time to play multiplayer games like Ghost Recon, uh, Battle Royale. Like that's what it feels like in terms of moving around the, the environment and the kind of the, the weapon handling is really decent, which is kind of key for this game. Cause if it wasn't, I'd be completely uninterested. Hmm. Um, in terms of this sort of mini genre of Battle Royale games, it completely passed me by i kind of wrote off the whole thing of like oh this is just some additional daisy style mod right and i'm i wasn't interested in daisy because of the amount of time it takes to actually do something of any value in that game but in this a session can be three minutes you land and someone punches you in the face which has happened or it could be uh i think the lo longest sessions have felt like an hour but have actually only been 30 minutes um because you're like waiting and seeing who else makes a move and see if you can get the drop on them. And it can feel like 
you're like hidden in a bush for for hours on end but it's about a 30 minute session at max and if you're with a squad then if you die you can spectate them if you uh are playing in a solo server if you're the last guy in the squad and you die then it doesn't even show how you died it's just like oh you need to leave now and that prevents you from basically uh you know Briefing. communicating with someone else and and mm. cheating yeah yeah um, i mean it's, it's it's basically everything i wanted from daisy but never got because like you said, Rob, I, mm. my time playing DayZ, you know, you try and play with your mates and I would never even find them in game. Um, so here is kind of like the instant gratification version of DayZ. So mm-hmm. I, I think even like if it's early access failed and it never developed further, yeah. if it was, you know, if it still at least, you know, maintained its servers, I think the game as it is, is enough even for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, and there's Bob, so many people. Know it's, like, I was going to say, did you know it's developed by the guys who make Terra? No idea. The MMO. The MMO. I had no idea. Yeah, blue hole. Really? Oh yep. man. Well, that's such a such a change. I mean, Terra, which is in the the very first action uh, MMORPG into Battle Royale man. Okay. <laughs> I don't that's think they, cool you know, they don't have much say in it or control as Rob said it's it's player unknowns joint, but hmm. they're the guys he found to make it for him. Nice. Mm. That's really cool, man. Uh, yeah, they done a good job. I was going to say no, I can't remember what I was going to say. Never mind. Oh, no, just there are so many people that bought it. It's the number one selling thing. And the fact that we're getting into servers with such ease, I could see that continuing for a long ass time. For a while, um, yes. I mean, these kind of games are always number one on Twitch. And if they're number one on Twitch, they will yeah. keep a, a steady base of players all the time. Yeah, for for long enough for, for our needs, I imagine. Uh, obviously, something else that's big will come along. But I'm wondering if this is like like eating someone else's lunch, like... This is this is actually taking players away from Daisy and armor and mods and so on. I imagine it is, man. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and I wonder so if to, people will stick to, with it. Uh, to to me, Bob, if this helps sells it, all, it's kind of like the equivalent of playing paintball with your mates. I think you know you get really into the kind of attempted tactics and communication and. Uh huh. You know, so that's I, a, I actually that's, a very good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why you know even if, if the genre of the gameplay doesn't immediately strike you as your cup of tea i think that element to it makes it basically fun for anyone really mm. yeah don't yeah, get me maybe, wrong maybe maybe yeah. you wouldn't enjoy it solo but you know with a couple of mates yeah i know for a fact that i would never play it solo for sure but <laughs> i'm i'm i mean i've seen i've been seeing your videos and i've been having fun and it actually made me think about buying it which before mm. it was like an absolute no from my side so it's just a sure. matter of of me exposing myself to the to the game and seeing you guys playing it have fun with it and i will eventually get it it's just right now my number one hurdle is the price tag right now sure um, so perhaps in the it, future you can get it for a couple euros cheaper if you've still got that humble s- subscription going i don't know right. if you do yeah i do mm-hmm. okay then you can get it for 27 not bad. something but it's still yeah still up there hmm. um cool i'll think uh, about it for sure next, should, Cool. Should we move on to the next game? Uh, that's yours, Bob, with right. BeatCop. I've been playing BeatCop a little bit, yeah. I'm, if you remember, I already talked about BeatCop back in the day when, when I tried it first on Gamescom. Oh, yeah, and, okay. And, uh, and now it has been fully released. So back then I had a key for the beta and everything, and now mm-hmm. I've been playing the full game, which was already out. And um, the game mechanics have not really changed that much because they were already really solid. But uh, the whole game feels 
a lot better. So you were worried before, Stu. You were mentioning or wondering if the game actually was a point-and-click adventure. It's something like that, but not quite. So, yeah, let me tell you exactly about the game first. Um, Beat Cop is supposed to be some sort of homage to the 80s police um, TV shows like Magnum PI or, you know, all these things, Miami Vice. So all the shindig. And mm. and they tell you that on the very first screen, they tell you in a in a wall of text like, hey, this is our take on the 80s TV shows of the cops. They are depictions of New York um, that do not really correspond with reality. This is exaggerated for drama purposes. So please do not take this seriously and enjoy it just as much as we did. So um, a really nice one. And um, the the main plot revolves around your, your character, which is uh, Kelly, the officer Kelly, was a detective and um, was called in for, for burglary, for a robbery. Someone was, was robbing a senator and um, stole his diamonds. And uh, for some reason, him, the... Officer Kelly ended up getting into a firefight with one of the perpetrators, killed him, and he got framed for murder for this perpetrator and also got framed for stealing the, the diamonds that disappeared. But, of course, there was another guy who escaped and, and they're gone and whatever. So he got demoted from detective to a beat cop. So he now like patrols one particular street. You are assigned to that, to that street and you're supposed to be checking the... The, the parking violations and giving tickets to car to cars that are overdue and such and get acquainted to the uh, with the with the sellers and the stores around and establish, mm-hmm. establish relationships with them so on the very first day you get introduced um, to the whole neighborhood by partner of yours which is the last day before retirement <laughs> I know what's going to happen there and you know exactly is, exactly I mean is is he too old for that shit <laughs> yeah, pretty much yes and you know exactly what last day before retirement means if you're a policeman in New York. So that's, that's just a given. So, um, yeah. Um, he tells you, yeah, go introduce yourself to this guy, go introduce yourself to that guy. And every single one of the store owners tell you, or at least drops you a hint, like, hey, officer, I hope we can get along well. You know what I mean. Okay. So if you need something done, just let me know and I will, mm. you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So. There's a lot of corruption there, here and there, and the, the game gives you the option of whether you want to stay like a by the book cop, mm-hmm. or if you want to like get bend the rules a little bit and maybe accept bribes or arrange situations that may benefit like one of the two main factions that are on the street. Mm. You've got like the Italian mafia and you've got the the Brooklyn crew, which is uh, the ghetto gang. And, uh, of course, they're rivals with each other, and you want to keep some sort of balance between them because if one of them gets weaker, it means that the other one gets stronger, and uh, that may lead into unfortunate situations with mm. <laughs> with the street itself. So, so yeah, basically the gameplay um, is you click around. That's the point-and-click adventure point that you mentioned before, Stu, um, in order to move, and you you get given certain certain objectives for the day you need to put like five tickets you need to give five tickets to cars and uh, you need to maybe talk to this store or talk to whatever or visit this residence uh, because they've called in 
a robbery, whatever. So you have to mm. be doing all these things. And while you are on duty doing these things, you also get additional instructions uh, through the radio. Like, hey, you need four to one. You've got, um, you've got, um, there's a report of someone shady going into the porn store. And and you have to go who, check it out. Who is not shady that's going into the store, <laughs> Pretty please. much. Yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, you go in and it's like, nothing wrong with here. Just some guy checking out dildos. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that. Um, the thing is, the game actually tells you already from the very beginning, it's okay if you cannot make everything all the time because you may end up being getting insane if you, if you mm. try to uh, complete all the objectives. You don't have sure. to do everything all the time. But so far, I've been able to keep up. So I'm guessing that at some point, things will get super crazy, and, and, and that's that. So it will come into a point where you're going to have to make decisions of how to, how best to keep the balance between all the different factions and keep right. the peace overall, even though you're going to make some people unhappy because you don't attend to them and stuff like that, right? Right. Or maybe yeah. maybe you focus on the neighborhood, like... Um, responding to calls from people and not putting in tickets but if you don't put if you don't give the tickets to the cars then you you don't get paid or you may not get paid uh, enough yeah. by the end of sounds the day like a, sounds like a um oh christ what was the game papers please like yeah that's a way probably a way more simplified version of this so it's basically like do you allow this guy to go through even though he doesn't have the papers and he he's going to give you blood diamonds i don't know yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just like that. But you have to keep you have to keep several things in mind. The first one is the the money you have, because mm. every three days, or apparently that that's what they told me at least in the first day. Every three days, okay. you have to pay your ex wife <laughs> three hundred dollars, <Okay. laughs> and if you don't do that, then apparently that that I don't know if it's game over or something. But they they said something like, if she calls me again, I will fire you, because <laughs> okay. yeah, because your superior is supposed to be her father. <laughs> So it's, oh. yeah, it's, it, there's a connection there. All right. So you have yeah, to keep yeah. your ex-wife happy. You have to keep the, the gangs in balance. You have to keep your reputation with the stores mm. also up because if they don't take you seriously, then, then yeah, fuck all you, you're going to do. <laughs> and, um, of course you got to keep, keep your bosses happy as well with your performance. Mm. So mm. you got to make sure that you do as much as you can, but giving priority to certain areas among, or over others, maybe a decision you have to take at some point. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to that. You you seem to have the game seems to be, um, I don't know if it's 21 or 29. I think it's 21 days in game days long, mm. and each day is maybe um, half an hour for gameplay. Oh, okay. So you can you can replay it. You can uh, go back in time if you want. If you want to replay a certain episode or something, you can do that. Mm. And um, I will let you know a bit more of how the plot develops because there seems to be a multi-ending on this thing. I don't know exactly, oh, okay. but there seems yeah, to be a multi-ending. Yeah. So I know the, the mechanics and gameplay is different, but it sounds a lot like you're describing this is the police or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's a game where you have to you play the corrupt chief of police and you have to kind of balance doing an honest job as a police officer with your kind of shady feelings as well so it's how it sounds i haven't played either but it sounds very similar to that yes and no i mean on this is the police basically it remains uh decision making all the time okay but in here with beat cop it's not only decision making it's also time management because you have you have a limited time 
on the day and you have a limited number of uh, actions that you can accomplish within this time if you if you just faff around the street left and right walking around you may end up doing nothing and that will not help anyone uh so you need to make sure how you're going to take your your action which order you're going to be doing it and and while you're at it maybe like give some tickets fulfill the correct uh, information and that that takes you time so it's more about time management and then decision making Okay, so that's well. That's how is, it is is this? Have you played this? Is the police? I have not. I got that. I got that game recommended to me as well, but I don't know if it plays out. If it's just menu driven or what it is. I, I think it's menu driven. I think it's pretty much scenes. menu driven for what I've seen at least, but I have not played it. Yeah, so, sounds like you, reigns. <laughs> kind of, but not quite. Um, in reigns, it's, it's pretty much like what? Sorry, so it's a bit like that mafia game that was released a couple of years ago. I think, which is just kind of. Dragging, dropping, making decisions, and sending people on like, missions, basically. Mm. You mean the Facebook game? No, well, no, not that one. But <laughs> they are like they are like Facebook games. <laughs> I, think, I, me- I remember buying that game for like forty euros, and it's turning out it's literally just like a Facebook mobile game. I was really, mm. I'm going to find its name. Yeah, I think I think I know which game you mean, but I cannot remember the name for the life of me either. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of people you can meet, and there's a lot of shady things to do. So, yeah, there may be, I'm guessing that if you behave like a proper legal cop, then you will get different ending if you become like, like a corrupt fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah. Uh, You've got it? <laughs> I think I think it's, yeah, Omerta, City of Oh, That's yeah, the I've one. That yeah. yeah, Omerta. Yeah. yeah, I was burned by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it okay. was like 40 euros. I, I expected something like, well, Mafia. But no. Gangsters back in the day, though, was awesome. Mm. Yeah. Gangsters. <laughs> That's why I thought Omerta would be, but it's not. It's basically just a Facebook game. Too bad. Do your research, kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, All that's right. it for BitCop, I'd say. Um, there's cool. not much I can say. It's got a lovely pixel art, and it's been developed by a Polish team, and I think it's on Steam for, I, th- I don't know if it's 10 or f- 15 euros. Hmm. can't okay. remember i will research it right away because that's how we do it and we'll go play that <laughs> yeah but yeah uh you you can go on with your game in the meantime if you want rob sure thing um so i've been playing flint hook which came out this last week um and i've been playing it today for for three and a half hours um for the first time basically and i love the game so far it is a platforming game with roguelike elements so and before you roll your eyes around roguelike elements because they're sort of all over the place yeah um the elements of the uh, the elements that make it roguelike kind of work because there is a sense of progression and and sort of improvement and and permanence um that you don't always get out of a roguelike it's not a case of nothing of significance is retained when you finish a run or fail a run um I'm actually really enjoying what is permanent and what is not. So the game, um, yeah, plays out in 2D as a, as a platformer and you're going room to room on a ship. Uh, it's got this cool kind of pirate theme. It takes place in space, but, um, there's still like wooden pirate ships out in space. Uh, it's, it's got a great look to it and a great style and, and a really good soundtrack. Um, but I'll explain the core of the game. Um, so 
your main the, the main uh sort of unique part of the game is that you have this hook that you sort of this grapple hook that you can attach to these uh hoops that are all throughout the game uh and you use them even to transition between one room and the next like each each door transition has this loop loop on it um and then they're all throughout the the background of of levels so you're able to like zip around and where you might you know normally like jump and wall jump and and uh, transition between platforms this hook option that you can use to sort of um move yourself quickly is kind of key to actually getting around and um not getting killed by environmental hazards like um spikes and spinning blades and stuff like that or you actually want to use it to get around enemies um and then the other thing that you have other than this gun is uh this stopwatch where you can slow down time for a very short amount of of time and combining that with a hook shot is kind of key you need to nail that in order to succeed at getting around the level as well as succeeding in combat um and that feel of hooking around <laughs> hooking around the level shooting and slowing down time to get past stuff or wait for, you know use it to avoid a bullet narrowly as it comes towards you or get through like a a beam of of light that you can't pass through unless you're slowed down like all of that feels great it's really really snappy and responsive um and it's not a dual uh, a dual stick shooter uh, it all is controlled on the left stick and it's the right trigger for the hook and the left trigger for the time hmm. uh and then it's the x button for the for shooting and then obviously <clears throat> the re- the other buttons are, are for other uses but it's all on that left stick so it's not like you're hooking in one direction and shooting back in the other it's all driven by where you're moving the character around um and the there's like different levels uh and and all the sort of rooms in that level are randomized each time so there'll be like platforming rooms that are just difficult to navigate in their own right there's ones where it will flash up and say this is a combat room and then you'll have to clear out all the enemies that spawn in in waves uh before you can leave the room and that kind of feels like did you ever play that towerfall co-op mode maybe we played it back on uh in a gar or something i have not uh at some point but basic well towerfall you know that game you know the four four yeah. you know four player all versus all really there was a co-op mode where you could play with a partner and it was basically wave-based survival mm-hmm. and enemies would drop in and there'd be different waves of different types of enemies and in that game you had to finish like 10 waves in this there's like between three and five waves of enemies that come in and into the room and when you clear them all out a a a treasure chest will drop and you'll get some health back and you'll get coins and um and then there's other rooms like special rooms like uh stores where you can use that those coins that you picked up to to buy extra stuff or healing items or whatever you know standard roguelike stuff uh and then there's like a cartographer room where it reveals the map and then there's little shrines where you uh, can choose one goodie or another like a health boost for the run uh, or uh, additional strength or something like that (laughs) and before before you can exit the level you need to finish uh, like kill a mini boss 
who's in the room preceding the exit. Um, and they obviously tougher than the rest of the rooms, but you'll get like either a easier or a more difficult boss. Cause some of them are pretty tough, but some of them actually are, are a breeze. Like once you've gotten used to the controls, um, and just to, to extrapolate out from that, uh, you need to finish three levels, uh, before you can challenge the boss. Cause after that third level, um, you fed three of these little ghost gems to your compass. There's okay. a little, like a little monster inside your compass and he eats the ghost gems and he reveals the location of the, the bounty that you're, you're out, out on. So you, you pick to go on this mission and it will, you'll get to choose from a random assignment of different levels and you need to finish three of those levels in sequence in a single run. If you die, all of that progress for that mission is gone. Mm. Uh, but what you keep is like, you'll get some special currency that you can unlock boosts with and unlock uh, slots to put boosts into and, and a different permanent perks. And that's the permanent stuff that you keep. Um, and it took me three, no, it took me four goes to finish that boss of that first mission. Um, like several runs failed where I failed to even get to the, f- the final boss of the mission. Um, and it was a really cool, really cool, um, boss the uh the game is awesome um i'm gonna make a video of it because it's kind of hard, hard to explain um, you actually gave me just how good, good it, yeah just to explain just how good it looks and feels all together um it's tough you kind of have to get your hands on it to see just how how it plays out you can you can borrow it from my library because i got it on steam okay well. cool and um yeah i've now unlocked the second bounty which apparently is uh, grade three. The first mission was grade one, which is like in terms of difficulty, this one's already grade three. And I have to finish four levels before I can go against the boss. But in the meantime, I'm much better at the game over the four hours or so that I played. I've unlocked all these permanent upgrades. Like I've got 30% more health than I started with. Um, I've got loads of slots to put boosters into, which increases the range of my gun makes bullets from my gun bounce off walls all that kind of uh stuff that you'd expect from a from a roguelike with sort of permanent upgrades and yeah i can't really think of anything bad about it like your your hook shot that you can grapple around levels sometimes you'll hook onto like a, a the door and you'll leave the leave the room when you didn't mean to but that transition between rooms is so instantaneous that it's it's not really a problem um that's the only thing i could really think of that was like i see a negative Mm, but um every every single level that i've gone into so far has been there's been something new like a different enemy type or a different configuration or a different challenge in in a platforming room um and it it's all about testing those core skills that you have with the grappling and your your ability to combine that with you know slowing down time um, it, I don't know how varied the game's going to be over, over the, the length of it. Um, but it looks like there are four main missions. Um, and then there's these hardcore versions of each mission. And there's a challenge mode with daily and weekly challenges outside of that, where it's like a, a randomly configured room for everyone for that week and that day. You know, how challenges, daily challenges go, I guess. Um, and it feels like a like a combination of time uh, Titanfall, Towerfall, 
um, with the kind of permanence of Rogue Legacy. Yeah. Uh, if you played Rogue Legacy. Yeah. But I'm enjoying it more than Rogue Legacy because there was, there was an issue with, it was, it was a, um, intentional thing with that sort of gameplay loop of Rogue Legacy. But if you weren't on top of, if you weren't like making developments and making improvements and having good runs consistently in Rogue Legacy, then the sort of target for you to actually be able to unlock new stuff would move further and further away. Yeah. Um, basically like after a certain point, the cost of upgrades would in- increase every single run. Yeah. So if you had, if you had a run where you died after 10 seconds, it would still increase, uh, the same as if you had had a successful run and finished a boss or whatever. So mm. I eventually grew tired of that and none of the upgrades were within my reach. It felt like I had to restart that game. Like I'm not, I'm not seeing that that's going to happen in in this one. It feels like a very good and steady um, sort of incline in, in terms of difficulty compared to what I'm unlocking and how I'm getting better at, at the, the key combat. I was about to say, you mentioned before that it would be a mix between Towerfall and Rogue Legacy and the way you describe the grappling and the the grappling is basically worms. Yeah. So if, if you do the Ninja uh, well, worms all the time, would it be more Not so like much. No, nah, not really. So with the with the hook thing yeah. in, in worms, you, you were like grappling onto the ceiling and or onto different areas of the environment. In this case, there are these little rings in the level that you grapple between. So there's like cases where you can't touch the floor and you have to actually grapple between them in the air and okay. move. You can like end up moving around the level in a circle uh, without ever touching the ground. Like it's really snappy in that, in that sense. I get it. Um, it's, it's a, it's a fast paced game and hooking around the level, uh, is necessary even during combat. Like some enemies are faster than you. So to actually get out of there quickly enough, you want to slow down the time and, and hook out of the way and then come around behind them. Hmm. Uh, in that sense, it feels like the, the speed to the movement and the kind of combat feels a bit like uh, towerful except you know not with the sort of going and retrieving your arrows kind of stuff okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna make a a clarification here because i've got a friend that is very very picky about this and he sometimes Mm. listens to this podcast okay so um (laughs) he gets really upset when the term roguelike is used incorrectly (laughs) and the thing is roguelike is supposed to be for whenever you, you you finish a run and you lose everything. So every time that you start a run is exactly the same one as before. Sure. But if you have some sort of permanent upgrade that will make your further runs easier in a way, mm. then the term is not exactly roguelike. It's rogue light for right. some reason. Okay. It's just then the same that, yeah, difference. That's what that. this, so rogue, a rogue, this is a rogue light in the same way that Galaxy is. Pretty much, yeah. Where uh, the levels are different, but there's permanent stuff. Yeah. And you need to, you need to finish several levels in sequence in order to bank that progress. Um, I, th- I think roguelike means procedurally generated now, even if it, even then using that inaccurately. Well, there, there are a few games that are still closer to that. Like, I don't remember there being any permanent upgrades in FTL. Correct me if I'm wrong there. No. Like, is that, that's it's one where it's every single run is from zero. Pretty much. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like Spelunky, you had the shortcuts, uh, yeah. Rogue Legacy. You had the upgrades, right. Galaxy, and and I, what about Binding of Isaac? Was that also run like completely? That's, from that's zero? completely roguelike. 
Yeah, so, so, so those ones you could actually say were, but I, were roguelike. I think maybe FTL, you could unlock ships, right, which you could then use in other mm, ones. Well, yeah, I yes. mean, you could unlock different yes. ships. So it's, it's still, it's still, it's not permanency as such, but you're still earning something and taking it into the next go. Fair yeah. enough. Um, Dun- Dungeons of Dreadmoor, I think it's mm. called. That was definitely a roguelike. Rogue. Yeah, roguelike. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one had no permanency. Sure, I no. So I, I, I have, um, varying, like, likes and dislikes for for this genre or this style of game uh and the ones that i've enjoyed the most have been uh well this one so far is my favorite because of the balance between what you keep and what you lose and that sense of i'm still getting something out of this run more than just now i'm now i've experienced that and failed in that way i know how to overcome it next time like i i appreciate these kind of games for doing that where you start from zero but over time you get better and better at the game but i also like in this case where you're getting to keep something um and you could have a like a devastatingly bad run and get nothing to keep from it other than the experience that you had as a as a player um but most cases you're going to get some uh advancement towards getting another upgrade or something like that I I definitely prefer that kind of functionality where at mm. least you're earning something and working towards something, even if it ends in complete failure. Sure, you know, you've got a bit stronger, you've got a bit, you know, some more better stuff. I mean, yeah. Again, I think that is just like a term that's become a genre, like Souls like has become a genre. Yeah, it, it doesn't always have to mean exactly what it it should mean. It's just you know, it looks a bit like FTL or Dark Souls or Rogue Legacy. Bob, did you ever play yeah. Rogue after this sort of subgenre came into Rogue? You mean the, Rogue the Legacy? Common... No, no, Rogue, the game. No, I don't think I did. Okay, because that's where this is. That's where the genre is based from. Like there was a game called Rogue. I, I don't think I've this... played it. In fact, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was wondering if if uh, it would be actually an interesting thing to to check in on and Maybe. see. Maybe I mean now I'm just curious. exactly. W- yeah, yeah. Might be worth doing. This is like the origin of of the genre. Maybe I should I should give it a look. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's an old PC game. I don't know. I'm sure there will quite be how a way. old. I'm set. I'm going to say like 25 years old or something like that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's older. It's older than PCs to be honest. It's Amiga, yeah. Atari, Commodore, it's okay. 1980. Wait, Atari. So <laughs> yeah, Atari could handle Atari that. Atari ST. <laughs> okay, nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't have any graphics, basically. Ah, okay. Yeah, if it's just text-based, then then yeah, I can't imagine. No, it, is, it has graphics, but you know, <laughs> just really bad. Star Wars doesn't count as graphics, yes. you know. Yeah, so graphics Star, with an Star algorithm. Wars games on, yeah, Star Wars games on on these consoles. <laughs> yeah, it can handle every, it can handle anything if you bring your power of imagination to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Meet it halfway. Et. <laughs> cool. Um. Yeah. Well, that was that was Flint Hook. Uh. So it's it's out in full. Uh. This last week, it's out on PC. PS4, maybe Xbox One as well. Yeah, I think Xbox One, but it's not uh, out on Vita. It would have been a pretty good one to play on the Vita, but uh, alas, it's on the uh, big boy consoles only. Um, highly recommended. Is it not coming to Switch? It'd be a good Switch game. It would be a good Switch game. Um, I've not Googled it, uh, but on their site, they didn't have any mention of it. I'm going to uh, say something that's going to upset Elle, though. It'd cool. be a good Switch, good Switch game, but it'll probably be twice as expensive and run terribly. <laughs> That's continuing to be the case, right? Um, 
I think Snake Pass was more expensive, and something else as well recently. Yeah, the the Minecraft Telltale. I think so. Minecraft Telltale is going to be more expensive. Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac, and there's something else even more recently. But basically, pretty much anything third party coming out at the moment is at least ten dollars more expensive on the Switch than other consoles. Yeah, even even. Oh, and actually, no, this new Street Fighter, which is technically a new game, but at the same time, it's not really. It's mm. kind of like a you know twenty-year-old game, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Is it like is is like forty dollars on the Switch? Wow, and okay. Bomberman, yeah. Bomberman was a full price thing, pretty much as well. I mean, it's still in the uh, launch window. Yeah, like, it still feels like a lot the launch period, so they kind of they can get away with it. But uh, the longer it draws out from from that launch date for the for the console with people still putting a premium on their on their nintendo switch SKUs, the harder it is going to be for someone to actually say i'm going to be the first to not do that um for for right now it's it's new enough that if i'm gonna pick between platforms as long as that one on the switch is good enough it then i'll go with it like um mr shifty had a really bad frame rate issue like it was it kind of chugged on the switch compared to the to the platforms like they they fixed it in a in a patch pretty quickly but that's the only thing that's actually that would keep me back from just buying games on switch if they were coming out day and date on on multiple platforms hmm. uh yeah but yeah you you have a good point around the pricing like i imagine the game would be 510 uh dollars or euros more uh but yeah would be a perfect mobile game so uh, as are most of these from this kind of genre i'm, um, I'm gonna point out to, that the the price yeah, tag for flint hook is pretty much the same one as beat cop so it's both 15 euros on steam um yeah and you can get it cheaper than that if you have a humble subscription and it's got a launch week sale price which will still be there until i guess like wednesday this this next week yeah Oh, Tuesday. by the time this goes up. <laughs> so, too late. Huh? No, no. Yeah. It's, it ends on Tuesday. <laughs> too yeah, late. but this goes up on Wednesday. Cool. All right. Um, well, the next game we got on the list is Persona 5, which I talked about with Tom uh, last time around, um, having played partway through the first dungeon. I've since played, and now I'm partway through the second dungeon, which is exactly where you are, Stu. We just talked about this offline. Yep. Um, but we've not actually spoken to you about the game. Uh, obviously, I've spoken to you a little bit in person, but you still enjoying the game? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I love it. As everyone's saying and writing mm. dozens of articles about the the menus, the UI is the sight to behold in that game. It's masterclass mm-hmm. on UI design. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really nice. Um, yeah, so I'm about the same place as you, just kind of, struggling i mean i've played persona games before so i'm not, I'm not new to okay. it but i'm still if i find it a struggle to to balance my time and you know should i watch a dvd now should i chat to my friend should i you know should i uh get some, get yeah. some noodles yeah should um, i study should i yeah. work out should i get a social link upgrade with this guy or that guy or should i go to the batting cage or this or oh there's this special only on sundays um or if I go to the dungeon, then I'll be too tired to do anything else after hours. It's like, do you find it stressful or just like kind of a bit I think much it's, to keep I on think top it's of? on the verge. Like I, I really like this kind of stuff in games, but 
it, it can be a bit frustrating at times with how much time passes from such a meaningless task. Like, you know, I, I wash a shirt. I actually got a game over um, state because, you know, when you, when you get to the end of the dungeon, you have to leave the calling card before you can finish it. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize that basically left it. Then you had to come back the next day. So I basically left it on the last day of the dungeon. You expected um, that you would be able to finish the dungeon in that yeah. run on that last day of the of the deadline, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, the, and the kind of annoying thing is it kind of makes you go through the motion still. And everyone's saying, oh, we're going to run out of time soon. And you still go through the motion, you finish your day, but then you wake up to a, a cut scene and you failed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, another time I, yeah, I was being really bad time management in my dungeon and you know, I thought, okay, I've got, I've got time to do this. So I'll quickly, you know, I found some dirty, um, gear in the dungeon, which if you, if you clean it, it comes out as like an item or armor. Okay. And I thought, you know, I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd run it through the, the, the laundry mat. And <laughs> again, it took, it took all day basically. And then suddenly I screwed up again and I've got yeah. my time. So again, well, I, I do wish like maybe some things wouldn't make the time progress so much. Like it goes from, you know, lunchtime you talk to your friend oh now it's time to go to bed it's like yeah surely i should be able to squeeze in a few things you'll get to a point where yeah you're right that it does seem kind of funky and unrealistic but within within the game itself uh you kind of work out what kinds of activities will take what amount of time and what doing them in the evening compared to the morning will do like after a certain point um it opens up and allows you to do more things like go out in the evenings rather than just having to stay in. Um, and the, like it's a very big part of the game itself in choosing what to do, choosing what to upgrade, um, choosing who to spend time with to improve your social links to it in order to fuse personas of that arcana uh, to a higher grade. Like I know you know this, but it's like, that's that is the game other than the yeah. sort of rpg uh and combat stuff like I, a big I part of it is that some things like like crafting lock picks and stuff i kind of <laughs> feel like that shouldn't take time because you know i've i've, I've almost got frustrated as well when i come across a lock chest yeah. don't have a lock pick then i'm trying to figure out when i can i can actually squeeze in some crafting of a lock pick yeah um so far i've actually managed to clear out the whole first dungeon because I went back a few times and had to go back and, you know, use the, the, the fast travel safe rooms to mm. go back a few floors and get a treasure chest. Okay. So I've, I think, yeah, some of the, the, the um, things you can do, I kind of wish they didn't make the time move so mm. much. Yeah. Um, for me, for that first dungeon, I had finished it with plenty of days to spare, but it still had to play out the rest of it. Um, yeah. So I ended up, I couldn't go into that, palace anymore because it had been closed but i went to other i got to do other things that were not combat related or treasure chest related so um i, I think the start of the game as well is, is very tutorial heavy i was getting a bit frustrated in the first couple of hours of um the, Mor- the morgana character stopping you every two steps and kind of talking to sure you. i just know that i i felt like it was pacing me like it's like oh if it's this slow now i know i'm in for quite a long ass game uh, which I, I already knew going in, but I, I was okay with it based on, on just how nice everything is. And I'm kind of enjoying the story and meeting different characters. And every time I meet a character that could, like, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding even looking at art for the game online to not even know what the characters that aren't in my party yet even look like. Yeah. Um, like 
there's the uh, splash image that comes up when you launch the game on PS4. I've I turn my head away whenever that comes up just to not look at anyone that I haven't encountered yet because <laughs> I want it to be a surprise. And then whenever I see, like, I had to choose the art for the uh, podcast last time for episode 81 for Persona 5, and that was super difficult to, like... <laughs> squint it's like oh it looks kind of all right i think that's the art from it uh are you, are you playing in japanese or english no i'm playing english because i experienced persona 4 in english with english voice and uh well i think it's kind of more social as well because you know sometimes yeah. like you know laura will watch me play right. stuff okay yeah so and the english is is fine i mean i know there's some articles floating around about at least some of the text localization but I've, I've had no problems. I've been happy with the performances and if someone points out an error to me, I'll acknowledge and go, yeah, that is pretty bad. But yeah. there is so much text in that game. Yeah. It is so dense and it moves by so quickly. I don't, I don't sit there and go, oh, I don't, it's not nah. taking anything away from my experience. Um, and to be honest, you know, you see text mistakes in the English language games anyway. So Yeah. I mean, maybe it's more, there's more, there than than in other games but consider the sheer scale of this game yeah. and, and the work involved um i'm i'm fine with it um no and it just it all comes across a bit quirky anyway so even if yeah. you do notice something it's hard to tell if it's yeah. a mistake or if it's deliberate um, yeah yeah um, and I'm, I'm really happy with the english i mean it's, it's not up to the standards of like some classics like nia as we're all talking about these days the, the original mainly but oh, okay. all the characters all the char- characters are like suit the voices are very suited to um to, to the characters themselves mm-hmm. and, and they seem to get all their japanese pronunciations seem to be right yeah um so bob you are currently deciding whether this is your next game for next month right? yeah so far i'm leaning for persona 5 i'm deciding between persona 5 and kingdom hearts compilation for the ps4 mm. but one of those two is going to be my next month's purchase for the PS4, for sure. sure. And I'm currently leaning towards Persona, because I loved Persona 4, and uh, yeah, everyone is praising Persona 5 so much that it seems to be a bit of a big miss if I if I don't play it. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think either way, you're not going to be disappointed. No, yeah, I know. Persona is very good. I, I do really want Kingdom Hearts as well, but I've actually been quite strong and not purchased it yet. Hmm. Because I'll never get to play it right now. I'll definitely, I'll definitely end up getting both. But the next one I'm gonna get is probably gonna be Persona in the end. Cool. I imagine Kingdom Kingdom Hearts would get probably discounted sooner than Persona. Yeah, it's some remastered PSN sale, which happens all the time these days. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, maybe digitally. Hmm. I'll think about that too. Yeah. Cool. Well, it was nice to talk to you about Persona Five because yeah, I it was. It was tough to talk about it uh, on my own kind of last time. Uh, and I am still playing the game. Like, obviously, Battlegrounds has kind of uh, de- derailed my progress somewhat. <laughs> um, but And also, I felt like I needed to play something new, so so I went with Flint, Flint Hook this week. Um, but yeah, Persona 5 is my mainstay. Uh, whenever I'm I'm down for a serious, like, long single-player session, that's, that's my go-to, and it will continue to be until I'm done with it. I'm pretty confident I'll stick through it even though people throw around 100 hours as as it's play time for a single play um which i imagine you you've played more than 100 hours of both near Autom- automata and neo neo yeah, i mean 
Neo, I'm still, I'm still on. I mean, I was playing that quite a lot today. I must be getting onto 150 on that, maybe. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it quickly adds up. I think it's kind of the difference between I've played this game for 100 hours and this game is a 100 hour game. Yeah. Of like a 100 hour kind of story. Yeah. Like, like dialogue and, and stuff. So yeah, Neo is a game I played for over 100 hours, but it's kind of like, repeating this like you pay an mmo for 100 hours it's kind of like that mm. um any any new stuff to talk about from near no the dlc's out like next week i think so I'm, I'm looking forward to that okay cool all right all right um so next on the list was ukulele which uh i got just uh as we recorded the last episode a couple of weeks back uh got it from my kickstarter backing and it's a classic platformer that plays, feels, looks, and was inten- intended to be just like the um, Banjo Kazooie games on the N64. Mm-hmm. It feels, it feels like an old game. Um, I didn't play the uh, games like the platforming games on 64 originally because I didn't have the the platform, but I did play the uh, ro- the rare. Uh, collection that came out on yeah, replay, right? Rare, Re- replay. rare replay that came out on uh, X One a few years back. So I can tell just how much has been put into this game to make it feel and play and be nostalgic, give a nostalgic feeling for those that have a fondness for those games. Um, for me, it went. It's gone a little too far. Um, there's things like the controls don't feel quite as tight as they could in 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 order to, for them to maintain sort of some of the um, feel of it being older, um, like just aiming in in like this third person view, like for shooting and stuff, and then just the turning your character around feels kind of outdated, and then just getting through any line of dialogue is a is a real slog because it's got that sort of yeah. uh, like speech for each character that they have their different tone for each one um but you can't skip through the dialogue and i really don't care what they're saying uh it's supposed to think the the thing is i i kind of don't accept like oh it's a throwback as an excuse it's like the games back in the day like on the 64 and stuff wherever a lot there were classics they had some limitations because of the hardware they're on and stuff usually so if you're going to make a kind of throwback game you should at least improve its functionality up to like 2017 standards. Still yeah, yeah. honoring the heart of the original. Yeah. And it seems like kind of like a lazy kind of, oh, we did it on purpose type. It's cool because you, it's how you remember it. It's like, yeah, I remember this part of it being shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be fine. And I'd be fine with it if it was just a re, like a remaster of those old games, like in the rare replay yeah. or like those crash, they're doing the crash trilogy and they're releasing that. In June. I guess this month. No, in June. This is- oh, in June. Yeah. So they're releasing that and it's just, it's a redone version of those old games, but the intent is that it is, it is those old games. Um, and that feeling like that is the, is the purpose. And I'm kind of fine with that because if I want to play that, it's there. But in this case with ukulele, like it's kind of endearing in some, uh, respects, but when you fall into a bottomless pit and you're respawned in the last room you entered, which sometimes is the start of the whole level. And then you have to trick across it. Ugh. That's not acceptable. Like just drop me in where I 
fell off if you if you could please but no uh it takes you back to wherever you last entered the area whether that's coming out of a cave or going into a cave or in worst case as i said start of the level um but i fe- i feel kind of compelled to see it through i've not been playing it so much um i've sort of left it on the wayside and i'll play it here and there if i don't really have much time or if i'm if i've just spent 10 hours in a day with persona 5 or something like that um but it is the first game that we've spoken about today that i'd say i would not really recommend especially at its price point which i think is around 35 euros yeah i was actually again i know this is a controversial topic to discuss all times but i i didn't realize that game was so expensive when i saw it on the psn store i was quite shocked yeah now i got it for 25 i think i think because i backed it on kickstarter so i paid less than it yeah. now is selling it for launch but that is that also feels a little bit too much mm. um but there's like there is talent there it's it's weird because it's so it's so clear that the guys that made this game are good at making games it's just that it felt like i don't know does it is it okay that this game exists for those that really 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 want to play a game that feels just like like identical to those games back in the day uh and is it just should i not complain because it's not for me like i don't i don't know really where to stand uh, as a player but uh i i backed it because i wanted a game like this and because lorena likes platforming games and any any good platformer that comes out or any decent looking game will get it so that we can play it but uh for in that regard it's kind of not great but tell you what if if their intent was to make it an old feeling game they nailed it <laughs> uh yeah. Tell you what, I would for that price tag, I would probably get Battlegrounds <laughs> before Ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, but the the good thing about the 21st century and 2017 is that all these concerns are already voiced, and the developers are reading through them. They may get patched yeah. in the future, but this clearly would yeah, not but happen. The, if but intention, like if if the intention is there for it to be as it is, like. It it is getting kind of middling reviews. Like around launch, it got some reviews that said like they went too far down the road of making it feel like they could have made it feel like an old game, but still play like a new one. They could have done that. They could have. Well, and, and that's what I mean. It's like that's where you kind of have to wonder: is it completely deliberate, or are we kind of sure. are they getting a pass for bad game design mm. by people by people assuming that oh they just went too far trying to make it like honor its roots? Yeah. Maybe they just made it bad. Yeah, and it is bad game design. There's some bad stuff in there. Um but yeah. I I I will see if I can stick through it. Um I will not commit to finishing the game just because of the number of games that whenever I'm playing something that I don't feel completely satisfied with, I'm always thinking, why am I not just playing Neo or Yakuza Zero or just more another round of battlegrounds? <laughs> Because you're waiting um, for in February 2018. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So w- next on the list, we have the Overwatch. I don't know what the the event that's up now is called. I think it's um, called Uprising. Right. 
Uprising. When is it running through until? Because I've not played a match of it yet. I I got my free loot box. I have because I had a spare moment. I have not really checked to be honest. I kind of run into into it by accident because it was like a very very long time since I booted Overwatch, and I was like, I yeah. feel like playing around. So I booted it up and and I saw that that this event was going on, and um, I'm 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 not sure how long is it. It's probably going to be either a couple more weeks or. Or something like that, because it hasn't been that long since it started. But yeah, um, this event is basically based on on a flashback. So back when Overwatch was still active, and they would mm. be having this war against the Omnics, you are um, the brawl for this event. Is basically a new co-op mission, pretty much like the one that that there was on Halloween. Did you play that? Uh huh. I did play that, and that was a wave based thing with with three other people yeah well in this case you know, like boss characters in in this case it was slightly different so what what you okay. have in this is um same formula you have four players and you have uh limited characters although there is a version mm-hmm. of this mode with all characters unlocked which is okay. also encouraging you to to play it you can get one loot box each time if you if you win on this mode mm. but on the on the original okay. mode you could only choose between Mercy, Reinhardt, Tracer, and Torbjorn. Torbjorn, yeah. So these are the four, because they, they were the original four uh, Overwatch, uh, so to speak, operatives in King's Row. That's that's the yeah. thing. The, it, this is reliving Tracer's first mission. So hmm. uh, a remake on that. The Omnics are coming to King's Row, they're taking it over, and what you have to do is you have to go to certain points, and uh, defend yourself against enemies that come over while you attempt to hack a terminal. So you get a co- you get a hold the zone, and uh, if you do that, then you unlock the next one. You keep going. You do that like three three more times, and then okay. after that, what you have to do is um, basically escort the payload to the <laughs> to the to the goal. But you keep getting. Um, increasingly difficult waves of enemies increasingly difficult types of enemies the the mm. highest one or the most dangerous one being actually bastion so you would get bastion mm. units coming for you and um there is one important difference between regular modes and this one aside that this is entirely co-op that there is no pvp it's that when you when you die you can get revived by your teammates so it's more like yeah, you're you're knocked down, and you have some time for a friend of yours to come over and resurrect you and stuff. Mm. And uh, while you are progressing through these through this mission, you keep getting messages from Commander Morrison or Soldier Seventy Six uh, that is telling you, "Okay, guys, so now you have to do this and that," and 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 elaborates on the lore of the mission. I thought it was a really nice mm. thing. So okay. yeah, sounds good. Yeah, because the Overwatch lore is like always like very. Um, subtlety reference but there's never like a direct exposure to it so this is like sure. a very good moment yeah. to like step in and see what happened what went on and uh it doesn't really tell you exactly why was overwatch um like took down or taken down or something but but it's still nice it's still nice to see that that this is what they did and this is what what they were built of basically Mm-hmm. And and it's fun. It's more importantly, it's it's really fun to play. So I would recommend you guys to play it. And if you can, just grab three of us or grab three friends and play it together. Yeah, because it's one free loot box. <laughs> yeah, and content wise. Um, so the ga- yeah, it sounds great, and I do want to play it. I just need to pick a 
pick a time to to play it. Maybe even just play a, a round um, with randoms just to have spent time with it. Because I kind of I think I've played every uh, event at least once, even if it was just with randoms. Right. Um, the events up until May first. May first. So a few more days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, yeah. I. I also played it with randoms because on the first time mm-hmm. I, I did not have any friends around and I was like, I really want to try this out. So it's really easy to find a game on even with okay. randoms. So just I, like I imagine Overwatch is still Overwatch super is still popular. really, really going strong. Yeah. So which is really great because I really like to see that the game is succeeding so much. Mm-hmm. And you've got you've got some nice content to get out of it. You've got some nice Overwatch theme like uh armors you know like the overwatch uniforms for these characters that that work into into this event and also some black watch yeah. uh, uniforms for certain others you, like the genji mm-hmm. skin the genji black watch skin oh. is really cool yeah yeah i mean it's really really yeah, really awesome. good and uh, other than that i've also seen that they have implemented a certain quality of life things so now, for example, you can equip up to four emotes and four voice lines per character. Yeah, yeah. That's been there in there a while, uh, but not. It, it was out after I was playing it regularly. Yeah. Right, so the same thing uh, happened to me. I mean, I did not notice that this was on even, but it's, yeah, it's a welcome allow, change. It's much quicker to... It allows you to much more quickly equip stuff that you get out of a loot box, mm. it seems. Yes. Just, yeah, just some, nice, just some nice touches that make things a bit more friendly to... To, to navigate and, and to get around and sort of know what you've got and what to equip and so on. <laughs> it's still an awesome game. Uh, yeah. we should, we should spend a, we should spend a afternoon. Yeah. We should spend some time playing it at least to check out the event and maybe, maybe do a video out of it or a stream so we could do like, I don't know, show it out, whatever. Just, yeah. just play yeah, it. Yeah. I recommend mm-hmm. it. Cool. So finally. All right. Uh, yeah. Finally from, from the playlist, this, this time is uh, Full Throttle Remastered, which also came out this week. Uh, was it just? It, I imagine it was on PS4 and PC, maybe even more platforms. Was it just? It wasn't just PS4, was it? No, it was it's PC at least actually. for sure. Um, right. Let me check. Let me check the Magic Steam. Yeah, it's on hmm. Steam. I've seen it on Steam. Yeah, Bob. Bob, you haven't played I it. Haven't. I won't. I won't say too yeah, much. I must be the only person on Earth that hasn't played. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played it. Oh, I, I haven't oh, played any well, of those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, Rob. Yeah, that um, no, I, I, I was going to start this section by saying I won't talk about it much because everyone's played it, and then I'm talking to two people here who haven't actually played it. <laughs> um, but but still, it's you know it's a LucasArts point-and-click, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the two things I, I kind of want to say that I've, I found interesting whilst playing it is the remastered graphics, mm. which are very good, they're kind of exactly how my mind remembers that it always looked. Ah. So I remember when this was in, when this was in like in development, I'd yeah. see screenshots. So I was like, oh, it doesn't look much better. But obviously, you can switch between the the, the versions. Yeah, and, you know, of course, it looks much better. It's just interesting that that's exactly it looks exactly how I always kind of thought it. Did you know look. what? That's the ideal, right? That's like the yeah. the th- thing that it's supposed to achieve. Uh, and, I, and I think because Luca's full throttle is always very kind of um, graphic, like and stylized and yeah. colorful and bright. I think that's why this is for me because I've played the Day of Tentacle one. I played you know lots of remasters, but this one to me is really hit the spot of like you know that's that's how I always thought it did look, even though it very clearly. Uh, do you know what, Stu? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the same thing would happen to me if I had a remastered version of Curse of Monkey Island. 
So it's pretty much the mm. same. You've got the sh- really, really sharp graphics, but it's still pixel art. So it's still pixelated. You may not be able to tell the difference, but back in the day, your your brain kind of connected the dots and it looked really like you were watching a cartoon. So right now, yeah. a remastered version of that would be pretty much the same thing to me. It would make no difference. Um, they've, and that, they've also and added, um, they've got a different audio track as well with remastered audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can you mix can and match that. between the two different types. Yeah. You can have like new graphics and old audio or whatever yeah. mix. Yeah, you can really tell when you get, when you flip, flip the versions, the audio changes massively. Um, and, and I think the other thing is, I was, I was saying this whilst I was playing it, saying it to Laura, like it's kind of technically how short it is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm about 40% through on my, just my first session. Yeah. And I just remember like saying to, to Laura again, like this, this section that you're watching now, I remember this taking probably days, if, over a week to do when I was younger. <laughs> and I've done it and I've done everything in 20 minutes. Because it's like only four or five things I actually have to do. But it's not. But it's it's just, not a case of you remembering it. I imagine it's. it's this, just, this game. Go on. This, this game is definitely a bit of muscle memory. I think. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's a pretty straightforward um, example of LucasArts because its main focus is telling the kind of biker story. So it's not really that convoluted, and there's not like any crazy puzzles like the first section you need to fix your bike for example you need to find gas mm. you need to find like the forks which is the front of your your bike and um, and basically just and uh, the blowtorch for the the mechanic fixing it and like you know someone's stolen her blowtorch you need to find it there's a big gas tower you need to get gas and there's a junkyard so you know it's, it's a pretty straightforward example of pointing so yeah so going like you mentioned day of the tentacle which tom played through and came unstuck trying to get through yeah. that. And, and you kind of mentioned that like, if you hadn't played these games and didn't have that way of thinking about these kind of games, you might get completely uh, stopped, you know, you might get completely blocked. Whereas this sounds like it's something I could actually play. That's, that's what I mean. This is kind of like probably the closest, but still, you know, more, you know, deeper than, you know, the current telltale type games. Hmm. Whereas Dave Ken- Tentacle, I remember saying this to Tom at the time because I, I basically went through the remaster of that and with a walkthrough. You know, I'm, I'm happy I've completed it several times, you know, properly. Yeah. And I was like reading the walkthrough and playing the game, and I was like, if I wasn't reading this, how the hell would I know to do this? And <laughs> sure. I've completed that game, so playing it for the first time now, you're totally screwed. But okay. Full Throttle is very much A to B, basically, so just telling a, a good story. So I really should play it then. I think if you have any interest in kind of dipping your toes into point and click, it's definitely the, the best one. To I really play. want cool. to play it. Okay. I mean, it's the only one that I haven't played from LucasArts, and it's this, this has been like a thorn on my side forever. So <laughs> I really want to. Now's the perfect chance. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think we've exhausted the list of games that uh, we've been playing. Can anyone think of anything else they want to talk about from, from what they've been up to? Not right now. No? Well fine (laughs) that's more than enough um so i guess we'll talk about it in the next section is what's coming up what we're excited to play that's out soon so um we've got a couple listed down here the next big release is mario kart deluxe which is out on friday the 28th of april um that's the switch version of mario kart 8 which basically is everything from the Wii U version, yep. including all the DLC f- uh, that came out, and with some ex- extra like battle mode stuff added in. Um, 
it is going to be a full price or near full price thing. I think it's like 50. I see it on Amazon Spain for $50. Probably full price, yeah. Um, I think I think I, search games are slightly cheaper for for full price, isn't it? No, for sh- like it depends. Yeah. Like Zelda was. Oh yeah, Zelda was seventy okay. euros. So yeah. you, you shut you shut your mouth. Yeah, up. okay. <laughs> I paid um, seventy euros for that in Fnac. Yeah. Um. So I I think I want to get it, but justifying buying this when I'm playing so many other things, like I don't see a, I see us having a great time playing this as a group for a short amount of time uh and like just between earl myself Stu, i don't know who else I still don't have a switch. yeah I, I just don't know i just don't see myself playing this for a length of time only if um the sort of multiplayer stuff really stands up and it really did in the wii u version that was awesome online multiplayer mm-hmm. um that's the case in which i'd get it and play it with uh with lorena um it sounds like, um, I think this was one of the guys from Polygon was mentioned this on Twitter that um, if you are trying to use, uh, if you want to use the Joy-Con grip as a single controller when you're playing local multiplayer, it doesn't allow you. You have to use just one of the Joy Cons. Okay, uh, sounds like a weird. I think, yeah, it's in split screen, right? You have to... Yeah. You can use two pro controllers, I think, if you had two pro controllers. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can use pro controllers, but uh, if you have a pro controller in addition to your standard controllers, one of you can use a pro controller and the other one has to use one half of the Joy-Cons, hmm. is what he he seems to have said. Sounds weird. Um, but yeah, obviously, that game's just going to be great because it's Mario Kart 8 with some extra polish running at 1080p on on the big screen and running 60 frames on the on both modes in in handheld as well uh digital foundry already have done an analysis and it's running at 60 frames solid so that's cool yep uh stew sounds like you're just inevitably going to get it at some point well i definitely should but the thing is i'm pretty terrible nintendo consumer because (laughs) Like, Mario Kart doesn't interest me that much. Splatoon doesn't interest me mm. that much. I'm kind of waiting for the Xenoblades and the stuff mm, like that. Yeah. I'm surprised. That's what I mean. I, I feel like... I'm surprised that they didn't announce a, a, a Smash Bros. But a Smash Brothers port or something for the Switch. But yes, I mean, even, even Smash Brothers. There's a lot of these key franchises I don't really like I want a, I want a Metroid. I want a Metroid yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Metroid. I, mean, I, I feel like I have to get Mario Kart, but I don't... I'm not that excited about it. I mean, I don't think I've not owned a Mario Kart since the SNES. Okay. Oh well. Okay. Well, you've got a better reason to get on this one than than I do. Yeah. But I have Mario Kart Eight on my Wii U, and I did play a fair amount of the multiplayer, and it's a fucking awesome game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, double dip. It feels like a super like double dip in a time when I'm playing Persona Five and Battlegrounds, and I will play Splatoon Two. I don't feel like I need to to get this game. I want it, and if it was twenty euros, <laughs> I'd just get it. <laughs> but no, I think I'll I think I'll wait. But the the week after this one, uh, Prey comes out on the fifth of May. Yeah, I I was really interested in that, and then I watched. I can't remember which site it was. Basically, live streaming the first forty minutes, and I 
came away with a really bad impression of the game. Yeah. It kind of looked like quite bland and mm. generic y. Hmm. I, I, I still don't understand why it's called Prey either, but I mean, that's, <laughs> that's another that's story. Yeah, that's an entirely deal. different story. So, yeah. So it's kind of a big game. So I don't know whether to trust, like, I would probably trust watching someone play f- the first 40 minutes more than I would trust a, re- a launch review. That, well, that's what I mean. Like, the trailers have been really cool. Like, the marketing, the kind of, you know, the poster looked cool. And yeah. The, the, the kind of, the concept looked cool, but that 40 minutes, it kind of looked like I was watching, like, a kind of generic PC FPS from, like, the early 2000s. Mm. So, uh, it's yeah. definitely not really on my radar that much, but I definitely want you know, interested to see what kind of reviews it gets. Yeah, I want to see how it plays out. And I want to, I want to listen to someone who jumps in at launch that I know yeah. and can trust and see if they they enjoy it. But I'm not like anticipating it greatly because of just the number of games I've already passed yeah. by so far this year that I will get to. I'm in no rush to jump on for launch. I, I kind of feel like people are just going to drop eights on it, but in reality it's like a six out of ten. If we're you could see it happening kind of easily. but giving Giving numbers. Yeah. It's a wait and see for yeah. me, for sure. I'm not like just going to get it blindly. Mm. Um, Bob, you got any interest in Prey? Not really. I mean, I played the original Prey back in the day, but this one... Yeah, I like that. Pst, I don't know. It doesn't really interest me that much. Plus, it looks like a survival horror game, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pe- pe- people are starting to compare it to like an FPS Dead Space, which Oof. makes me more interested. Yeah, not for me. Well, that sounds good. No. Yeah, no, the, the, first, the first one was really good. It still has... The best alien abduction scene. Yeah. The first game, prey yeah. was really good. Film. I really did enjoy that. Yeah, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but I'm scared of aliens. I I would rather have the original Prey Two that they showed, where yes, you were like, like a the, space the bounty, bounty hunter. hunter. Yeah, because I because I, I understand in that one the, the, they actually had a connect. Well, maybe there's a connection in this game, but in in that one the connection was going to be, I believe, that you were. A U.S. Marshal on that aeroplane that you see crashing in the first yep. prey, and yep. then it's in the sh- in the airship, and then you become a galactic bounty hunter, which yeah sounded mm. and looked from that one trailer they did looked really. Imagine cool. yeah. that yeah. they actually make it the sequel to this prey reboot. That would be like <laughs> twisted shit. They showed the, the sequel like okay. ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. That's that's all that I'm aware of coming up in the next two weeks, mm. um, but I'm looking. I'm you know happy to be surprised by something that just jumps out, and uh, the next humble bundle is out soon. I don't think I played any of the last ones. I I need to cancel my subscription. I think <laughs> I ha- I, too, too many games. There were some great. I keep forgetting I have it. It keeps giving great games, yeah. but uh, it and but the the next two for the next month. Both of them I already had, uh, like already have, and and will now get a second key uh, for no for no good reason. Um, but the last one we talked about last week, it like come, came with Tumblestone, which was really cool, um, and Event Zero, which I wanted anyway, and Black Mesa. Hmm. Like that's a that's a good ass group yeah. of games. I'm happy to benefit from the Humble Store discount, uh, which is paying most months. It's paying for like half to two thirds of the subscription itself so i i'm just going to keep it <laughs> and keep keep uh 
It's still a really good four in February games. Yeah, that's there's a few four in February contenders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in there. <laughs> or I could, or you know, I've got the keys in my library. Uh, maybe you you can already anticipate what your secret game's going to be next year. <laughs> um. So I think another game that's out next week that Tom would probably kick us if we didn't mention is Little Nightmares. I think that's out next week. Okay. Mm-hmm. That that looks cool. Kind of like if Tim Burton made. Um, little bit nice. Oh, okay. That's creepy. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, so on to our next segment. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, so news. So uh, the main thing that we could think of this week was the fact that the NAS Classic had been discontinued. Um, did any? No, you, you got one, Stu, didn't you? Yeah, I got one sitting on my desk, being used all the time. Yeah, I did. I'm afraid. Sure. <laughs> Um, do you feel like you would have wanted one, Bob? I'm pretty sure that I can still get one because I have st- I have still seen them on Saturn and, and on some stores around here. But if if okay. news spread that this is being discontinued, I'm pretty sure that they will not last. They're probably gone. Yeah, they're, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Now now's the time to get one. If only right. for I mean, that's the thing. If you mm. if you don't get one now, you will not have the chance to get it on a price, and it's probably going to be like three times more expensive. So yeah, resellers beware. Yeah. Um, did Earl get one? Feels like something yes. he would I would got. be surprised if he didn't, but I don't know. Yeah. He, he has one, I believe, yeah. yeah. Whether, whether he still has it, because he likes selling his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bad move to have sold it before this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's small enough. It's probably something he, he would start yeah. away. Um, but with, with this, there are rumors that, I don't know how found, how well founded these are, these rumors, that the, Christmas release from Nintendo this time round is the SNES classic. Yeah, I mean, so Eurogamer reported on it, you know, saying they had sources Mm. close to Nintendo. And to be honest, I think they already did the patent for it like last year as well. Well, of course, of course, I'm pretty (laughs) confident. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident that it's going to be true Mm. and definitely probably more exciting for me because the SNES is totally. yeah it's great it's yeah, really yeah. an interesting bit of news for me because the SNES is my all-time favorite console so I would definitely get this in a heartbeat huh. yeah but if you think about it how many good games there are on the SNES and a lot of them are kind of like really epic RPG type games yeah. I'd, be, so, I'd be very doubtful that we'll see most of these on yeah so the, the, classic. the NES classic had 30 games hmm. uh, I don't know if this would be able to stretch to 30 uh, and you could you could imagine the sort of tentpole SNES releases, like first party releases, like Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario Kart, potentially, maybe not, because they're still pushing that series. Super Metroid, uh, uh, Super Metroid, and like Link to the mm-hmm. Past. Like you could see that as being like the f- five of the games, but then the ones I actually want to play would be like Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, uh, Final Fantasy VI, yeah. Demon's Crest. That's mean. These these are the ones you're not going to get. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I I hope at least we get a Super Mario All Stars. At least then they don't eat into like four of the games just as Mario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then that's just the, the one pack. With all yeah. The maybe games. maybe yeah. we get that one like Super Mario All Stars with Super Mario World. There was a a SNES cartridge that had all five of them. So mm. that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll just count that uh, as I'm, four games already or whatever it is. That's that's what I mean. I I can see them doing them individually to be sneaky, but. Even though all stars exist, where it's just one, game <laughs> they would sell it to you as yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I definitely want to get that. 
regardless of what's on it, to be honest, because I know there's going to be stuff on there that I'm going to love. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doubtful about what kind of games we're going to see on there. I think it's going to be yeah, the the standards of like Mario Kart and stuff, and you know Mario and you know even Super Metroid. I think for sure, but. Even will we see a Zelda? Even I don't know. I guess so. We had Zelda two on the mm-hmm. NES Classic. Oh yeah, links links to the past. You could see being on there, right? Yeah, that was on that platform. Oh, yeah. I I would assume so, but at the same time, for some reason, I can't. It seems like the, the NES Classic is more filled up of you know the kind of the side scrollers, the platformers, the yeah. kind of more instant instant gratification ones. Even Zelda two is more side scrolly and a bit more sure. But how many how many games on the NES really had long campaigns drawn out role-playing like it, that was that was the snes's bread and butter right yeah because uh, most of the nes that was more small small time right. like short games most of the games that you mentioned was the time with big campaigns and such on the nes hardly hardly yeah. any of them made it to the west you've got dragon quest you've got final fantasy one and two on the nes and they i don't yeah. i don't even know if they made it to the west but yeah stuff like that I, w- I wouldn't be surprised a fourth third-party game if Super Goals and Ghosts would make it. That's like an instant classic. Mm. I think it's going to be there. Sure, but then you think you consider what it would take to get Final Fantasy VI on this. Like, I don't see... That's the Final Fantasy I actually want to play. Yeah. Uh, don't know if that's a good good idea or not. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't see that being on this on this little console. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, other than that, uh, the only news I could find was just that Crawl got a full release. That game's been in early access for a few years. We played it at Gar several times, and I really like that game. Uh, they they since we played it, they added more uh, options, more stuff to do when you're not the hero, and um, more boss characters. Mm. Like there's more variety to it, but a full match of crawl can take an hour easily yeah. uh that's kind of the the thing that draws it back from being like a party game alongside jackbox and towerfall and and stuff like that uh, is that you need to have the time and everyone needs to have the patience like you actually have to d- say this is going to be we're going to play crawl today uh rather than this is going to be another game in our rotation of the playlist for tonight that's the thing that kind of drew it back from being regularly played by us. Uh, but I would fully welcome being able to uh, play that with a with three of you guys now. Uh, but it's local only. There's no online. Yeah. I mean, I still play it today. <laughs> crawl. Whenever, oh, yeah? I have, whenever I have friends at home, Crawl is usually one of the most requested games. Awesome. So it's a really cool. good game. Do you, did your early access version... Tr- Translate over to the full version? Yeah, pretty sure it did. Okay, cool. Haven't checked um, since it got released on, on on full version, but... Right, yeah. Why wouldn't it? So. Cool. Um, okay, and I had... So I th- yeah, I go think, for it. Oh, sorry, Kurt. No, no, no. As I say, I, th- I think one, one interesting thing is that there's an expansion coming out, like, next couple of weeks for Two Worlds 2. What? Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> th- th- and this is official. I mean, this is on Steam by the developer... And that's really interesting because obviously Two Worlds 2 came out in 2011 and it is much derided. So it's just really interesting to see them pump out an official expansion. Yeah. Just like the Age of did Empires 2 one. <laughs> and is it the same people that did the game? 
Is there any info? Yeah, yes. It's yeah, Reality Pump who who've done two worlds from two worlds. Not bad. To now. <laughs> That's weird. They've they've always been quite defensive about their game, so I, I guess they're kind of like sticking with it out of just stubbornness. Maybe. Uh, sad. I guess admirable. Also, also yeah. stupid. Yeah, but ad- <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> also stupid. I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a good business decision. <laughs> No, <laughs> <laughs> like if your game was derided, like but that name is burnt. Like you can't really come back from that. Yeah, cool. I imagine if that was just oh wow, two world two guys, the new DLC just complete. That's now the new Witcher three. Maybe they wanted to make it some sort yeah. of cult Could classic be. or Could something. Be. I don't know. Yeah, that's why it's been so long in the making. <laughs> but can you actually imagine the guy that actually is a hardcore fan of two worlds two, like? his reaction to this news. Can you imagine like if, well, you got your near sequel, so yeah, you're, you're sorted, <laughs> but yeah. Just All right. Heads uh, exploding here and there. Yeah. Um, so one final topic for today, just a question to you guys, if you're in agreement, is this the best year in the last 10 years for Japanese games? Sure. I can't say. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I would really like to say that this is a very, very good game, a good year for Japanese games, but I wouldn't say it's the best of the best. Uh, the thing is, I, it, I, I, I've got, I've got such a mix of of dates in my head. I can't remember when when yeah. each game was released, so I can't really say. But it's a very, very good year. Well, I, I would say quite confidently, like in the last ten years, like since two thousand and seven, I, I can't think of a year that's had as many big games from japan like this year we've got near automata yakuza zero neo uh, there's Just some others persona. Yeah. Uh, persona 5 <laughs> yeah there you go i i think i think it's it's a very good year with lots of very quick releases close to each other like very strong i think mm. it's interesting seeing as how console gaming in japan is pretty much non-existent these days so to see these strong games coming out of japan um, yeah. Like I, I read the other day that uh, Nia has now just has sold five hundred thousand copies in Japan mm. um, compared to the million like in the West. So it's okay. coming up, you know, it's getting up to now two million, but still, in its in its homeland, it's not selling as much. Um, I, I, I honestly think that maybe Square Enix have a lot to play in this. The fact that they're very big in the West now and they've kind of maybe. You know, learn some things from publishing, like you know, Hitman, Tomb Raider, um, some of these uh, Deus Ex, right? It's, no, yeah. it's not. Yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, publishing some of these Western games now, maybe you know, it's kind of revitalized them and changed their business practices a bit, and you know, that's yeah. why we're seeing a bit more from them. But no, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very strong year for for Japanese gaming in a kind of interesting time in, you know where the country's at with games, you know, all mobile stuff. Obviously, the Switch is doing pretty well because it's, you know, portable and stuff. So mm. it's, it's good to see these huge console games coming I out. I counter you with another question. Do you think that mm. by this point, you know, end of April 2017, do you think the game of the year is already out? Um, so looking at what I'm looking forward to playing like, that's coming out, there's not so much left uh, there's Danganronpa th- V3, there's Dirt 4, there's Sonic Mania. They could, I could see them 
potentially being up there, like especially Danganronpa V3 for me personally. So maybe my favorite game is not yet out, but I think the game that will get Game of the Year awards mostly is already out there. Uh, yeah. I'm just we not were, sure which it will be. This, it's going to be such a, a contentious... It's been a great year for video games so uh, far, yes. Yeah. Like I, I, between, I, did this, I did the same and I, and I looked at the list of the, the games still to come this year and, and I do think from January to now is stronger than the rest of the year, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I think my game of the year is chosen. I'm just flip-flopping still between a couple of obvious <laughs> ones. I um, think I think the general game of the year in most places is going to be Zelda. Yeah, I and I think that's kind of the easy way. I, don't I, think, I agree so far. I, I don't think... Well, you, you agree it's your game of the year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I... I it's currently my favorite game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't really put too much thought into it, but just my my feeling towards that game compared to some of the other stuff I've been playing this year. It, it's just a great year. Like, yeah. don't need I'm, to put I'm, a label on it. I'm, I'm looking forward to Spider-Man for sure. That's meant to be out in 2017, mm. still without a proper date, but I, I love any Spider-Man game, so I'm pretty confident that's going to be in my list, especially mm. now it's actually got a, a decent developer behind it, so... Mm-hmm. By you, Bob? I don't know yet. I mean, so far Zelda is being my my game of the year as well. Mm. But I still, I'm I'm really really confident that Persona is gonna make a very good impression. <laughs> huh. So it may it may come close, if not surpass that. Sure, we will see. But so far, Zelda is number one right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's it for our topics. Um, so now just time to talk about what has been released from us this this last two weeks uh l's been busy basically he he uh he wrote an article about having completed zelda um now we're on the topic uh he finished that game and he talks about his feelings about the game and and also how the sort of perception of that game around launch and the the reviews for it kind of compared to that uh it's a, it's a great article um, and it's our first one in a long ass time. So go check it out on over on goplaythat.com. And he also put up a video, an overview video showing fast RMX, which is the launch racing game on Switch. Um, and you should check that out. And it is a third of the price of Mario Kart 8. So <laughs> if you're looking for a racing game, that might actually be the better option. Uh, so that's over on our YouTube channel. Also, it's up on the site. Um, and thank you for getting this far and listening to us. Uh, we've been goplaythat.com and go like, subscribe, follow, uh, review us wherever you can find us. We're over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Got the site. Yelp. Are we, yel- are we yelping? I think we're yelping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yelping. I'm sure Hosh is Snapchatting at some point. Um, but yeah, we're over we're all over that internet, uh, and we appreciate every follower we get, uh, every like we get on the YouTube channel, all the places. Yeah, but thank you very much, guys. It's been a bumper episode, and we'll speak again for episode eighty-three in a couple of weeks' time. Indeed. Thanks for that, man. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.